today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Remember, we're aliens in this place. You remember that in the word that we are to be aliens. You do remember that, don't you? That means this whole world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And that's the understanding. That's the heart that you and I need to have. Even the apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, he writes, as the church, we are called to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we would proclaim the praises of him who called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Did you know that you are an alien in this world? In today's message from Pastor David, he reminds us that as Christians, we are aliens in this world. We are to live in this world, but we are not to be of this world. This is not our home. We are called to look different than the world around us. We are called to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God has called us out of darkness so that we would proclaim his goodness and shine out his light. Be sure to look different for his glory. Now here's Pastor David with part one of his message, The Last Days Church. You know, there's a lot of talk these days, and actually it has been for a number of, I would say decades. Talk about the last days and the last times. I remember when we were first married in the early 70s, uh, it, was, it was a very popular topic at that point in time. As a matter of fact, it was so popular and so imminent that uh, the last days and that the Lord was coming again, uh, we didn't bother buying a house when we were first married. We just figured the Lord's coming soon. Why even bother with that? Well, uh, a few decades passed. We finally bought a house, and uh, now a few more decades have passed. Uh, but the last days are still very popular. As a matter of fact, if if we were to advertise within the community that we were going to have a last days conference and we were bringing in last days speakers and we were going to have uh, all kinds of information and updates on last days events, we would no doubt pack the place out. Why? Because people are interested in this whole idea, this whole concept of the last days. We look today at the situations, uh, many times stuff that's going on within our world that makes conference speakers very busy, makes uh, authors uh, to sell many books, and yet we see a lot of events that are going on within our world today. Not too long ago was the the big excitement about the blood moons. Remember that? That was was huge. That was going on uh, quite a bit. Uh, Not too long ago, as a matter of fact, last month, the stars and the planets were all lining up up. And on my birthday, September 23rd, we were supposed to be all out of here. And uh, 
I think I shared with you, I, I was concerned maybe I didn't even have to worry about getting a message ready for that following Sunday. We'd be gone, but uh, I thought better of that, and I did prepare something. So we, we look at the nation of Israel, and Israel truly is a sign for us. And we can look at the nation of Israel now as come back as a nation after 2,000 years of being spread out all over the globe now as a nation. But we also see that nation under this constant threat of war from all of its neighbors. And it just seems this little bitty piece of real estate is a very hot topic, and particular when we start looking at the last days ideas. We see a rise in in social unrest, in major political and, and racial tensions all throughout our nation and actually throughout the world. Uh, we see that authority is being questioned on nearly every level. Now, I know that happened back in the 60s. I was a kid at that point in time. And remember, no one over 30 years of age could be trusted. And now all of us are double that age. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we look at these things, and, and, but yet in our culture right now, There is so much civil unrest. There is a great press against authority that's happening right now. As a matter of fact, I think that we can look at a host of nations around the world, democratic nations, that are actually on the very verge of of anarchy at times. And on and on the the list goes. But in the midst of that list of, of, of events that seem to come right parallel with the prophetic message that we see within the scripture. In the midst of all of that, there's a greater truth that every one of us need to be very, very careful to remember. We cannot miss this truth. It's a situation that we need to be aware of, particularly as we're looking at various and assorted signs of the last times. We need to understand, we need to remember that since the fall of man in the garden, all of these issues have been a fabric of our world, all of these things. Since the murder of Abel by his brother Cain, since the wickedness of man both before and right after the flood, we see wars of nations, we see the prejudice of of one group of humanity coming against another, we see ideologies that look for ways to strike terror within entire nations or cultures, as well as plagues that come, and and through the years, man, you you look through the history of the world, the plagues that have come upon the world, literally uh, wiping out whole societies. Today, we look at the possibilities of Yellowstone and the the lava that's underneath Yellowstone that could explode at any moment, and they say, well, when that happens, that will change the world as we know it. Well, um, years ago on Pompeii, a volcano happened, and it changed the world of that entire island as they know it. It just ended everything there. We look at all of these things happening. We look at the catastrophes, the cultural rebellion, all of these things that have happened all throughout the history of man. And as a matter of fact, we are usually surprised when we run for a season and there's not any major conflict going and there's actually seasons of peace and calmness. That's really kind of a surprising time within our world today. Even over the last couple of weeks, maybe even months, we've seen the hurricanes in the southeast. We've seen the flooding that came with those hurricanes. We've seen California on fire. You know, the the entire state uh, just so devastated by all of these fires. We've seen the, the mass killings over in Las Vegas. Almost 60 people that lost their lives and hundreds that were wounded in that. Just a couple of weeks ago here in our quiet, peaceful little town of Casa Grande, four individuals were murdered. We see these things going on. We 
see the world scene again growing in, in tension and in conflict. Everywhere from Turkey to Mexico, from the Sudan to the Philippines, from Syria and the Iraqi refugees that are pouring into Europe, and then England's decision to pull away from the European Union, the Brexit, and, and, and the impact of all of that on their economy with all of the refugees as well as the pulling away of England. We see again all of these things. We see our own economy that's held together by threads in essence. We look at the world as we see it. We see, again, from the Ivory Coast to the Republic of Congo, we see many governments, we see many cultures, we see peoples of our world, particularly in underdeveloped nations that are in absolute disarray, confusion, and literally the the imminent danger of absolute annihilation in some of these countries. It's absolutely horrifying when you start looking at the depth of, again, the wickedness that's moving throughout the world. And yet, in the meantime, in the meantime, many of us are more frustrated and angry by the slow move of traffic on the interstate (laughs) or too long of lines at the grocery store or the fact that our cable and our internet bill was over $100. We're more concerned about these things as the world's going to hell, and we're more concerned about the temperature of our lattes. As the Apostle Paul counted the hours remaining for him at that prison cell there in Rome, he knew that at any moment, the footsteps that he heard coming down the hall would be the executioner with his sword. He understood what was going on in life at his time, He knew those were definitely his last days. And the concern that he had was not for his comfort, not for his ease, not for his peace, but he wrote to Timothy a great warning to Timothy of what yet the world is going to see. He writes to Timothy, he says, as bad as it might seem right now, you need to understand, Timothy, it's going to get worse. Paul knew that they were in the last days. We, we understand that the last days actually began with the birth of the church. He didn't know how long the overall list of the last days was going to last. He knew that his days were very limited, but as far as the world itself, he didn't know how long that was going to run. The message that he gives to Timothy might sound like, like doom and gloom, absolutely for sure, but more than anything else, it's a message of reality. This is what's going to happen in the last days and as they draw to an end. So I invite you, if you would, to take your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy as we've been going through the passages of of 1 and 2 Timothy and we'll move into Titus following 2 Timothy. We're now in 2 Timothy chapter 3. You'll follow along, listen with me this morning, see if the words here that Paul writes to Timothy some 2,000 years ago aren't hauntingly familiar with today's news. Paul writes to Timothy there in chapter three of 2 Timothy. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. They'll be unthankful, unholy, and unloving, and unforgiving. 
These men will be slanderers and without any self-control. They'll be brutal. They'll be despisers of good and traitors and headstrong, haughty and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such people turn away. You know, these really, we look at that list and they sound all too familiar. Actually, it does sound like it was torn from yesterday or today's newspaper headlines, the events and the things that are going on there. Uh, you can look on the internet and see all the news reports. We could, we could bring in examples of, of each one of these things. And if in seeing and hearing these things, we, we, we see or we hear a familiarity with the, the events of our day and of our culture, beloved, I don't think we're very far from the truth at all when we see, yeah, these things are there. However, as Paul writes these words to Timothy, we need to understand that the people of the world all around him there in first century Rome, they were already living their lives, again, according to these particular sins, as well as a host of others. As Paul writes these things, men were already lovers of themselves. The, the Greek culture was a demonstration of that. The great love for self and the import of that for, for them as a culture. To, to look and say, lovers of money and boasters and proud and blasphemers. Yes, it was already in the culture. I believe that what you and I need to understand here is that Paul was not warning Timothy about the world situation, that in the last days, the world is going to get this way. I believe that what he's writing to Timothy is, Timothy, in the last days, the church is going to look like this. Beloved, that's a sad, dangerous, and a scary commentary when we look and we understand that in the last days, This is what the church is going to look like. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Beloved, the world was and the world has, has always been since the fall of man in that situation and that shape. But the church is supposed to be different. Remember, according to God's word, we're supposed to be the ones that the world looks at and says, that is a peculiar people because we don't run with the world. We don't, we don't do the same things as the world. Our heart isn't the same direction as the world. Our desires aren't the same thing as the world. Remember, we're aliens in this place. You remember that in the word that we are to be aliens. You do remember that, don't you? That means this old world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And that's the understanding, that's the heart that you and I need to have. Even the apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, he writes, as the church, we are called to be a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we would proclaim the praises of him who called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. But Paul warns Timothy, in the last days, Perilous times are going to come. And those perilous times, I believe wholeheartedly, 
They dealt specifically with the church. The church was going to change from being filled with those who sought after the presence of God and his holiness to those whose lives would be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Oh, the generations have passed. They had it bad enough. We could look through the history of the church. We, we don't have to go very far, but we could go all the way back and we realize the church never has been a clear and a good representative of the holiness of God. We could look through the early uh, centuries of the church where very quickly within the life beat of the major portion of the church Politics and power and money became a very important factor in the church. You know what? Unfortunately, I see that today in the church already taking place, where the church is wanting political power, where money becomes the source and the lifting up of a man or a ministry becomes more important than the glorification of Christ and the honoring of God in the lives of peoples whose heart are humble toward the others and again, who walk in that humility in in a world that screams out for self-esteem and for lifting up your banner and, and making yourself something big and powerful. In my research in this, I was able to come across a couple of very good articles. They're secular articles. Understand that, I I understand. But there's truth, I believe, in what these articles are saying to us. In 2006, a psychologist, a researcher, and an author by the name of Jean Twenge, she wrote a book called Generation Me. And it was based on a survey of 1.2 million young people, just a small study group of 1.2 million. You don't get too many study groups that big. But she went all the way back to the 1920s in her research, and she presented data showing current generational increase in self-esteem, in assertiveness, in self-importance, in narcissism, and narcissism is that love of self, and high expectations, a clear cultural shift toward individualism and focusing on self. Now, that was back in 2006. She did that study, and she recognized that in our current culture that these things are moving at an ever-increasing rate of this focus on self rather than focus on community and living in community. Our Western culture is huge in this self-expression as compared to other cultures around the world that don't understand this idea of individualism that we have in the Western culture. They're much more community-based than the United States or in many Western cultures. Well, she did another study in September of 2017, she wrote an article in The Atlantic, and she states that with the onset of the smartphones, the generation she now calls the iGen, they become even more culturally secluded. In 2017, she did a survey, this time with 5,000 American teens currently living, and she found out that three out of the four had a smartphone. And with many, if not most, many, again, they preferred having virtual relationships rather than real flesh and blood encounters. You see, I can control a virtual relationship. 
I can just not answer my phone when you call. I, I, I can control a virtual relationship. I can go to places and I can see things and I can experience things in a virtual way that I'd never be able to experience in flesh and blood. And so more and more, that generation is moving more and more to these, this idea of virtual reality. She sees a stark rise in narcissism and this growing desire, literally almost for full-time virtual reality. This isn't a slam on the current and the young generation. This is just a statement and a declaration of reality. There's way too many young people in our culture today that would just as soon spend their time at home with the internet than going out and intermingling with friends. And they find this in study after study after study. She states that these trends appear among teens that are poor and teens that are rich. In every ethnic background, in cities, in suburbs, and yes, even in small towns like Casa Grande. I share all of this with you in order that, again, you would be aware that even within the church, these statistics are no different. The children, the youth within our church are facing the same exact issues that the rest of the world is. And when, again, the focus for them becomes more and more on them, they're drawn deeper and deeper into that narcissistic attitude and even, as Paul says, lovers of themselves. More and more we see these things happening. Now, there's a blessing in social media. There's absolutely no doubt. We have the, the opportunity to interact at a lot faster pace than we used to, or we're able to gain communication and news that was heretofore not even available to us. And now, man, it's, it's happening right now. Something happens on the other side of the world, and within moments, it's on our social media. We've got a banner. We've got a ding coming up that says, hey, this event has happened over in Uganda, or this event has happened in Europe just moments ago. And you and I sitting here in the small town in Arizona, we have all of that news right at our fingertips. There's no doubt about it, as well as the ability to vicariously experience those times with family and friends. You and I sitting at our home here can experience a, a, a birthday party of a loved one that's in Chicago or, or, or in New York or in Tennessee by, again, opening up, and whether it be FaceTime or a multitude of other apps that we have, we can see, we can talk, we can just vicariously be there ourselves while we still sit in the comfort of our own home. There's some great things about it. But the problem is we see in the midst of that, the unfortunate reality of the demise of personal commitment and personal responsibility. And we see a growth of instant gratification. All of these things are coming about within our culture even today. Now you might say, well, I'm not into that. That, that does not affect me. There are people all around you that it does affect. And beloved, I guarantee you this next generation, they are immersed in it. Do you realize that the children growing up today, they've never known life without the internet. Many of them have never known anything but a cell phone or particularly a smartphone where you can gain information and you can go to places, many places that you ought not be with just a few clicks. Sometimes those places invade you even when you don't want to go there. Open our hearts, change. 
That's all we have time for today on The Open Word. If you'd like to listen again to today's message or hear additional teachings by Pastor David, you can do so quite easily. In fact, Pastor David has that information to share with you right now. Thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take the open word with you as you go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching for The Open Word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound biblical teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. That website once more is theopenword.com. The book of 2 Timothy is an insightful study on what the end of life looks like for a follower of Jesus. We can learn from the Apostle Paul's wisdom and attitude and his desire to continue serving Jesus every moment. It doesn't matter how old you are, what you've done, or who you are, Jesus has a plan for your life. As you're seeking the Lord's plan for your life, we'd like to join you in prayer. Please give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. We're so blessed to be able to share Pastor David's teachings with you on each edition of The Open Word. And we hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the book of 2 Timothy with us. Join Pastor David next time, right here on The Open Word. Make us more.